Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Cult Cinema Catacombs, and welcome to a very special episode, actually, of Cult Cinema Catacombs, as we have a special guest on this show. Yeah, we do. Um, this special guest is actually responsible for Andy and I meeting, actually. Yeah, that's true. Responsible for so it's, many things in my life. It, I'm grateful fun. that this man exists. It's, it's funny. Um... Uh, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and introduce me to, to those of your listeners who don't know me? Alrighty. So this yeah. is this is a former podcast host of, of um, United States Geekdom, uh, podcast host of um, Rediscovering the Magic, and Straight Bear Bait Rick Gutierrez. Yeah, uh, Dobby Sock slash uh, Ray Romano impersonator slash uh, just Sweet Jelly Bean. Just <laughs> got. Just amazing, uh, man. You also forget uh, soon-to-be co-host of Into the Duckverse, which is Del Puller's new show. Nice. Uh, yeah, we're going to be awesome. talking. Yeah, we're going to be talking about all things uh, Disney Duck. Uh, but <laughs> that's Duck a real specific podcast, man. Yeah, I love it. it. This was all Del's idea, man. Like, like um, this was all Del's idea. He's like, oh man, there's so much history with the Karl Marx comics and the. And the uh, and the uh, license times of Scrooge McDuck and blah 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 and like I'm like okay yeah sure I, yeah he's like you, you want to host it like yes that's more uh, specific than Chris and I's new podcast which is all just about quinoa <laughs> <laughs> quinoa and peach cobbler but um, but yeah no I mean for for those of you who don't know uh, me and who don't know uh, my history with these guys with these, with these yahoos here. Um, it was in... 19-dickety-2. Yeah, 19-dickety-2. We call it dickety because the Kaiser took our 20. No. That's um, right. uh, it was in 2009. Um, no, before that, uh, even. No, yeah, 2009. Um, that uh, Andy and I actually became friends, and uh, I was yeah, listening... So long ago. Yeah, I know, right? Um and I was listening to uh, to a podcast called The Muppet Cast, which is by his uh, a, a mutual friend of mine and Andy's, uh, Steve Swanson. Yeah, went to college with and, him. Amazing dude. Yeah, and uh, super amazing guy. And 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 Steve and I got done talking, and, and that was around the time that I had started Amazing Comic Cast as a one man show. It was like it was a, it was a cry for help because every episode was about five minutes long. <laughs> Okay, uh, so one man shows usually are Rick. Yeah, one so man shows usually are. I ended up uh, roping in one of my co-hosts from a podcast that I was a part of called VaderCast, which is uh, which was by a guy named Tim Kennedy, and uh, it was co-hosted by one Cole Houston, and uh, who I'm sure has been on this show quite a bit. Uh, Actually, I don't think he has. Really? Nope, we've yeah. not had Cole yet. Nope. Oh my god! I think yeah. you're technically our second. You're our first solo guest, Rick. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because the only other guest stars that we had were the uh, the 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 spooky bitches of uh, uh, Lubbock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this baby. Wow. This just shows how much Rick okay. listens to the show. Hey, thanks, Rick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen to your duck cast, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, teaching has taken a huge bite out of my time. Seriously. So, uh, but I, I wound up uh, getting to a point where we were going to start talking about the Justice League, and uh, Farmer and I had just become friends, and I looked, and he had this massive, formidable uh, Green, Green Lantern collection. Yes. And I was like, huh, I wonder if this guy knows anything about Green Lantern. <laughs> and um, 
And so turns out I did. Turns out you did, and turns out it ended up being one of the greatest things ever. It was kind of like with uh, with Roy and I for uh, rediscovering the magic, where Ben jumped in on an, on an episode, and it was like magic happened. And Andy jumped in on the uh, Amazing Comic Cast episode with me and Cole, and magic happened. The rest and is, yeah, and like when Roy jumped in on on United States Geek Demand, freaking magic happened. I mean, it it, it really. Is I mean, somebody I think it was you, farmer, that actually described me as the Stanley of the podcasting. Kind, uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. You kind and, of are. You're just everywhere, and you just uh, keep, you're the you're the glue that somehow has put this whole thing together. Not to not to toot my own horn or any shit like that. Don't do that. This is a fucking family out. show. I can't yeah. use my own horn. What's that? I'm sorry. That's I, why we don't do video anymore. I was yeah, like, don't do that. This is a fucking family show. Because I just sit in the back like the like uh, the drummer from Marilyn Manson blowing myself on video. <laughs> I'm also an accomplished ventriloquist. I'm doing it now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you, not, not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but it's <laughs> keep so doing it. Anyway. Do. So, um, but yeah, and, and when the... When the the opportunity presented itself with uh, with this show, and you guys were talking about Commando. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yes, yeah, yeah. We had to have you on here for Commando because we I, I forgot how many times we've talked about it on United States Geekdom. Oh God, Rick! <laughs> how many eighties movies did we talk about between USG and just all? Like you're a natural fit for this. Like all three of us. That's all we. We had an episode. Let's see. We had an episode on '80s movies alone. We had a movie. Uh, we had an episode on, entirely on uh, on '80s action films alone. Then we had an episode uh-huh. on Arnold Schwarzenegger alone. Um, okay, so I want to come off. I, I, I want to ask a question. Yes. I want to ask a question. This has been. I, I've been thinking about this since we decided we wanted to talk about uh, Commando. Which, so Roy, by the way, uh, is our most mainstream movie we've talked yes, about on the show so far. But largely largely forgotten in comparison to Predator and you know a lot of the other movies that came out at that point, and, and unfairly so. Yeah, you know, because it is the it, ultimate one-man army movie of the 80s. It really is. It's it was it was Schwarzenegger's answer to Rambo, I think, if yeah. my timeline is correct. Uh, it is. Yes, uh, yeah. Rambo did predate this by about two uh, years. Rambo was in the seventies, wasn't it? No, well, that was not that old. Uh, this came out. Let's see, Commando came out in nineteen eighty five. So yeah. uh, Rambo, so Rambo: First Blood Part Two came yes. out in uh, nineteen the same year, nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Okay. They both came but, out the same but, year. But, but First Blood was 1982. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and First Blood is really what you compare. Like the first Rambo movie was a different movie than, yeah. than yeah. the second one. You know. But so so here's my question: Is what? And I've been and I have an answer, but I want to know where you guys stand. What separates an 80s summer blockbuster action movie like a Ram like like this or a Rambo or you know, you name you name your '80s action movie mm-hmm. in comparison to now. You know, uh, so what is so what is the difference, Roy? Just just off the top of the head, like what's one answer? What's one thing that comes to mind? Like because there's a huge difference, and I was trying to put my finger on what it is. Well, besides no CGI special effects. Okay. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, 
and plus not afraid of using a small budget because Commando only cost eight million dollars to make. That's amazing. And well, I guess it happened in one shed with uh, eighteen. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> but and I mean, Don Chong used a rocket launcher once. Yeah, the story. I mean, it had a budget of eight million dollars and went on to gross. Uh, I'm sorry, no, nine million dollars. I'm sorry, and it went on to gross um, almost fifty-eight million dollars in the box yeah, office. It was a monster yeah. hit, um, and it's just you, you don't need a big budget to make a hit blockbuster movie for the summer and I mean, Commandos, well both Commando and Rambo First Blood Part 2 are prime examples of that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And plus also I think, I mean they were definitely a product of their time because both First Blood Part 2 and Commando screamed the Reagan era well, there were only uh, two so enemies in any of those movies. It was either the Russians or or some drug cartel in exactly in, in, uh, in, in Central America somewhere. Yeah, it was yeah. either going to be the Red Scare or just say no. It was going to be one of those two things. Uh -huh. uh, it was, yeah, it was either it was either Ron or Nancy. Take your pick. Um, <laughs> Rick, Rick, what do you think? Um, I think what sets them apart is the is the the, the, the star. I mean, if you think about it. Um, they built movies completely around Schwarzenegger, even so much so that they worked in his uh, his signature uh, catchphrase, which at the time after Terminator was "I'll be back." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now, every yeah. single movie that he did in the eighties yeah. had that damn catchphrase. Yeah, I you know you're both those are good answers, but you're both wrong. With um, put in the destroyer, but yeah, anyway, uh, you're, but you're wrong because here's the answer. Okay, go for it. Every, I cannot think of one that isn't. Every 80s action movie, every male-driven, which is goes to, it, it is what it is, that's every 80s action movie, Yeah, is one thing that separates itself above all others from any action movie that's come out, and with the exception of only one that I can think of. And even this one isn't as bad as these are. Every 80s action movie is just straight up wet. They're moist-ass movies. That's what it is. Tell me one that isn't. A lot of sweat. A lot of sweat. Just jungle sweat, moist, wet-ass man, shirtless man running around, just wet. You're in the Avengers. You ain't wet. Uh, excuse me, I have to leave the room for a moment to clean up. Yeah. You toot your own horn, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Honey, I can't reach my own horn anymore, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Listen, die hard. Somehow in a building, still wet. Yeah, Jim still Cotter. wet. Still Jim wet Cotter. ass movie. Jim Cotter was not wet. That was the same year. Uh, okay, yeah, but was it as successful? Uh, as successful eighties blockbuster movies all had to be moist movies. That's a rule. That was I mean, a Tango rule. and Cash went as far to make sure it was moist by having a shower scene. So yeah, <laughs> Punisher wet. Terminator somehow wet. Roadhouse definitely wet. Yeah. <laughs> I was Predator. Um, predator very. <laughs> pre <laughs> predator <laughs> wet was wet and gooey. What? Pre predator was wet and gooey. Predator was ropey. You want to get back to the term yes. we've used before? Aliens oh, oh, oh. wet, just gotcha. wet. All those movies. That's what these movies are missing now. They're too sterilized. Let's get back to being wet. Let's get soaking wet. Run. <laughs> uh, well, even the Empire Strikes Back was wet because of Dagobah. It's wet. It's 
sweat. Yeah, it's wet. I mean, not only because of Dagobah, but how much you know sweat that um, Luke is drenched in at, after yeah. fighting Luke after uh, fighting Vader. So in hot ass bathtub, just like a like a hush puppy. <laughs> Can anybody say for sure that this movie wasn't named Commando because nobody wore underwear in it? Do we know that for sure? Who knows with Schwarzenegger? You never know. I mean, then again, you uh, never know. It could, I mean, they all could have been, you know, going Commando. Commando. I'm not wearing any. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Arnold Schwarzenegger was probably free balling. Probably Ray Dong Chong was free balling too. You never know. I mean, she 100% was. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone, she was freeballing and training. You mean uh, uh, you mean Alyssa? Milano? I, I mean Alyssa Milano. She was freeballing and training. Get, get it right. Get, get it right, sir. Because Alyssa Milano at the time was my big crush. Okay? Both, Rick. My biggest. Yeah, I, 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 I got I got it confused there because Ray Don Chong in it. I got it confused because Alyssa Milano is the one that can actually act. Oh, that's, that's not that's not untrue. I would have loved that. <laughs> a much better bad girl. Yeah. So, um, there's there's I I I want I want this movie now in my body. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this probably since the mid '90s. So, so it's been a while. I watched it recently uh, when we when we recorded the first take of this. The first, of this, uh, the first time so. we tried to record this and the power went out and erased it. Yeah, yeah, and I ended up watching it with the kid, with the older kid, and he was like, "He, I'm like, hey, uh, you need to watch this movie." He's like, "What is it?" I'm like, "It's it's one of the greatest action movies of all time." He's like, "Okay," and sits down and watches it, and uh, I, I gotta say. He's a convert. He loved it. He thought it was amazing. Uh, Oliver friggin' loved, loved, loved Commando. And then I showed him Robocop fairly recently as well, and he went nuts over it. Like, every now and then, like, for the past week, he'll stop what he's doing, look at me and go, you know, Robocop was really good. <laughs> Kids got taste. Kids got the taste. The kid has good taste. So we know that this thing had like a super low budget. You said that. Yeah. And it shows in the fact that at the time this came out, aside from Schwarzenegger and Radon Chong, even, well, I guess even Schwarzenegger, that this is sort of his, isn't this his sort of his defining role? He had had the, the, the big well, role. Well, so much right? happened after this because he really took off after Terminator <laughs> But this movie was the movie that solidified the Schwarzenegger that we all know. The Schwarzenegger who tells all the dad jokes whenever he yeah. kicks somebody's butt. The Schwarzenegger who is the one-man army. The Schwarzenegger who is like, you know, you can't defeat him. You know, all those type of st stereotypes that came forward about Schwarzenegger. Really, this was the, the birth of it right here, was this movie. I, yeah, I would argue his star was definitely... Like, started to shine, as it were, with Conan the Barbarian. Oh, sure. Um, and then Terminator was the one that skyrocketed him into uh, into fame. But this one almost made him into self-parody. Because well, but this got him every role after it. And it wasn't. This was the. This he was became, a, the he direct became, Dave Batista moment. He became pure self-parody though oh, in the last okay. action hero. When that came out, that's when he became. 
pure self-parody, but then again, he was doing self-parody on purpose. And that yeah, he was doing that on purpose, yeah. Um, and the neat thing with this one is they filmed all over the valley for this one, like the San Fernando Valley. And, like, I, I watch it now, and like, oh, my God, that's how that looked now. Okay. So, um, <laughs> like, the Sherman Oaks Galleria, they actually used that location for, um, no, that was a different one. Uh, never mind. Um, but the, uh, this uh, Galleria that, that they use in the, in the mall scene, that doesn't even exist anymore. It's, it's an open-air mall now. Wow. So it's so, a time yeah. capsule movie now, too. Yeah. Like it's an ArcLight Theater, which is owned, which is the owners of uh, the Cinerama Dome, and it's an open air mall. I, I think I only saw one movie at that particular mall, which was The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's and a great it, movie to see. Yes, it is. And then, uh, and that's not the movie for next episode, by the way. <laughs> uh, but um, the uh, that that particular mall was was enclosed and I think a fire was what damaged it and that's what made it an open air mall after wow. that. So the mall so basically what you're saying is the mall died just like Ray Dong Chong's career. Pretty much. Although I don't, I, I don't think she caught fire though. Did she? <laughs> <laughs> no, she, made ink to heart, she, she no, she so. never caught fire. If anything, so. she was like tepid tea water with her career. She, she, she made angel, she, she made angel heart with uh, with Mickey Rourke. So yeah. no, that wasn't her. That was uh, that, Lisa, that, that was, was Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Bonet, and they bombed in that movie. No, no, no. Up. Ray Dong Chong did Soul Man. That's what it was. Soul oh, Man. That's a that's oh, a rough choice. It's like she that's it's like she good. she did this one, then she did the color purple. And, the, and she was like, okay, Ray Dong Chung's about ready to break out. And then, nope, she's going to do a movie with a man in blackface. Yeah, that's going to hold up. Oh, yeah, that has to hold up. You know what that. this movie does have in it? So we've, we've touched on the fact that it has Schwarzenegger, Ray Don Chong, um, Alyssa Milano. Mm -hmm. uh, this movie has one of my favorite character actors who is still working today. Vernon Wells? Has, yeah, Vernon Wells, otherwise known in this movie as Hedy Mercury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> know, look at him in this movie look at him in this movie that's all I'm saying um, <laughs> he really does look like Bradley Mercury holy shit yeah, he's got that <laughs> giant even melon on his head even down to the mesh tank top holy yeah, shit <laughs> yeah, this is the only man who and you can see this in the trailer so no spoilers yet the only man who will fight a guy with an M16 with a chainmail vest on damn right he was that badass uh, yeah he's got like a hundred things in pre-production right now holy the shit man is a, the man is a monster wow. the man is still working the man has 198 IMDb credits. <laughs> God bless him. God bless you. Well, the movie also, movie? we have Bill Duke, who is also in, uh, in Predator as well. We got Dan Hedaya. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. To his credit, to his credit, I got I to gotta give some love to Bill Duke here. Because, holy shit. I'm going to have to be so fun. I'm going to have to be so fun. It's fucking <laughs> Predator. Holy shit, man! Listen, he looked amazing in that movie. Bill Duke gets all the credit for everything. Mm. Bill yeah. Duke's great. I mean, this movie is chock a block with. I'm sure they got all these guys pretty value added and yeah. got every and squeezed every ounce. Out. But we also have David Patrick Kelly, who is famous for 
putting some glass bottles on his fingers and chanting Warriors yes. come out and play from the Warriors. Oh, no shit, seriously? Yes. Yeah. He played Sully, yes. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, he was the he was the chuckle fuck in that in Commando. Holy yes. crap. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was him. Yeah. He was the oh. uh, last guy, wasn't he? Or was that yeah. Yeah, holy crap. Oh my god. Okay. And yeah, Dan Hedaya as a, as a, as a Colombian. Yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong with Dan Hedaya as a Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton was in this film. Where was he in the movie, though? He was just like a, a, a god. He was just a random... I mean, this was the time before Bill Paxton became Bill yeah. Paxton. This was Bill Paxton pre-Aliens, to where no, he was, was just like some random you know, background person who was there. So There was something else that he did fairly recently that, that he did. Oh, he was in Stripes. He was a, he was a background uh, soldier in Stripes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, was a punk, he was a punk in Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, was, yeah. of course, yeah. he was in... Uh, yeah, I mean, Bill... I mean, yeah, he was... I, I guess maybe he probably his first real breakout role was when he was uh, Chet in Weird Science. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah, Bill Paxton was also on the, on the TV miniseries Fresno, the Carol Burnett comedy. Yep, I think that's mm-hmm. where he got to start. No, he got to start with um, basically uh, thanks to um, why am I forgetting his name? James Cameron because he helped out with James Cameron with a lot of stuff too. When he also Weird Science. Yeah, you chat. You chat. Okay. Yeah, I missed that part of the conversation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was his first real memorable character was his chat uh, in Weird Science, and of course we all know him from Aliens because of Game Over, man, Game Over. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like th- this movie is chock a block with guys that you are going to recognize one hundred percent, and be like, "That's the guy from the thing," and he was really good. Like, like. This movie deserves to be talked about the same way we talk about Predator and the same way we talk about Rambo and the same, you know, in all of the action movies. This this deserves. Mm-hmm. I think I think what happened was Predator came out. Predator was and when huge. Predator, you, you could not. You couldn't. You couldn't compete. Like Schwarzenegger jumped his own shark with a perfectly serviceable summer blockbuster film. With Predator, yeah, and then nothing could compare to it. Yeah, Predator was just way too gigantic when that came out. Well, no, it was it was after okay, Commando, then Raw Deal, which I still haven't seen. Raw uh, Deal was not as big of a hit. I uh, yeah. so yeah. Um, uh, then the Running Man, Running Man came oh, out. Oh God, I love Running yeah, Man. Yeah, Running Man, Running. Who knew Arnold Schwarzenegger would be in a Stephen King movie? Who knew? <laughs> And right. then immediately after the same year, Predator hit, and right. then uh, we got Red Heat in '88 and Twins. So yeah. it's like, holy crap! Yeah, but I think once Predator, I think that this movie was probably much more well regarded until Predator came out, and then it had to take a backseat mm-hmm. to Predator as the command. You know, it was essentially the same character, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like. And it's funny because my mom would censor every single thing that she would rent. And if she wouldn't let us watch anything unless she saw it first and approved it. And if it was something that she knew that we would like, she had a, she had a very nasty tendency of recording stuff tape to tape. And then uh, editing out all the bad shit, like all the, all the violence or the sex. That's and fantastic. Then, 
it, it was because my cousin came to visit from Mexico, and he was like, and he was like, hey, do you guys have Commando? And my mom was like, no, what's that one? And he was like, oh, it's one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She's like, well, if you've seen it and you're younger than than than, than you know Rick and his brother, then <laughs> then that's fine. I guess you can watch it. And it was glorious. It was the first R-rated movie that we got away with seeing, and she didn't edit out anything. Because she watched it at the exact same time that we did. Nice. <laughs> Who nice. got? Did he get hit with a shot glass after that? What's that? Did he get hit with a shoe after that? No, thank goodness, no. <laughs> um, but like that was pretty much the the end of her like editing out all the bad stuff. Like uh, Police Academy, I didn't see it in its entirety until I was in my senior year of high school. That wow. movie probably ended up being like forty minutes long by the time she was done. With I was gonna it. say, yeah, isn't it like the the length of an episode of Cheers by that point? <laughs> she chopped out any bit with the boobs, like anything with boobs, she chopped it out. Like, really, mom? So yeah, oh, this explains so much about you, right? Yeah. The first movie that I saw with boobs was Stripes, and that's because she took pity on me. Because I was sick at home with the chicken pox, and so she was like, I have a movie you're going to like. It's got the guys from Ghostbusters. And I was like, okay, and I watched it, and I was, and I loved it. That's why to this day I still argue that, that Strikes is a better film than Ghostbusters. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway. So basically it's not chicken soup for the soul, it's titties for the soul. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, was, it, was it was titties for the soul, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, are we ready to dive into yeah. this movie? Yeah, hell yeah, one hundred percent. So, when we come back, I mean, uh, well, I mean, for me, I haven't seen this movie in ages. Rick just recently seen it. You haven't seen it for the nineties since the nineties. It's been so long since I've seen this one, and yeah, I agree. I, that's the reason why I chose this one is because this film turns thirty-five years old this year, and it's it's not as talked about as Schwarzenegger's other films, and. This one needs to be pulled out, dusted off, and revisited for a reason, and I can't wait to revisit it. And oh, yeah. It needs to be appreciated, because it's such a fun movie. Like, above all else, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so when we come back, folks, you will hear our reaction to Commando. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If you want your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. Do you think that he is going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Last of the way, good fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. Ah! 
It's a mission no man can survive. He's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. So, somewhere, somehow, <laughs> someone is fighting for love. Those aren't the only questions that I had. Uh, <laughs> well, Chris was I watching. Chris was watching this movie for the very first time, and he had so many questions that didn't get answered. They're not answered except for one. But I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the two of you can answer one for me. Uh huh. Because you both are from now. You. You both told me that this is a Southern California. Movie. Oh, this was so Southern California. Oh, okay. yeah. No, like most of the, most of the locations that they use are straight out of the valley or San Diego. Well, hell, okay. even the third word of country, I was like, that's just some bodega in San Diego. It's, okay. it's actually it's actually Hearst Castle. Okay, so I so this is my question: Is Southern California a? Um, a jungle? <laughs> okay. Well, some then people... Some, some, James, James Horner made the music for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why did he choose aggressive kettle drum and somebody hurt the saxophone player as the soundtrack from literally the beginning of the film? I mean, the end. Besides... Is it, a big thing in Santa Barbara? I, besides... besides <laughs> I, I was asking the same thing because I'm like sitting there and I'm thinking, okay... So, is this the first time I've ever seen an action film that's not set in Jamaica or the Bahamas from the '80s that used a steel drum band for its for its musical <laughs> score? I feel like it was the first time I was watching an action film. <laughs> Just period. Because you know, when I think of the Galleria um, there in, uh, in, in well, any Galleria in the Southern California Orange Beat, uh, I mean, uh, Orange. County area, I, I think of you know UB40. Yeah, but, is it, but my thing is, it wasn't just like a kettle drum, it was like somebody took a kettle drum, went to Africa Babatica, and said, Can you run this for your 808 about 35 times? And also, can you can you grab us, can you grab Kenny G by the balls for about 45 minutes straight? <laughs> I have questions. Yes. Why? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's a good um, question. There's a lot of moments in the movie that ask you why. Like, I want like, to start. Go ahead. Right. Like, go like, ahead. like. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and clear the the biggest one that Chris had about the movie, which is why is it when they arrived at this third world <laughs> country to you know take on the entire army of this entire third world country. Schwarzenegger arrived wearing nothing but Speedos. I'm not complaining. <laughs> so, so let me walk you through that what happens here. Okay? Ray Armstrong lands this plane the, <laughs> after the, getting 240 gallons of fuel to go, like, what, 10 minutes? 10 I don't minutes. know how far anything is in this movie or what time elapsed. Well, she was, flying, really. she was flying from Santa Barbara to, um, I think... Um, where they live. Pasa de right? Robles right. or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he obviously doesn't want to get his pants wet. No. And he had, and he got pants from the surplus store, right? Because they had That's pants. right. Yes, he did. Yes, yes. he did. 
Yeah, he got surplus pants that fit him perfectly. Perfectly. But, but he didn't have time to grab a shirt because the cops busted it. Yes. So he just he just strapped on his vest. Um, my question is, why did they why did they use the best scene in the entire movie for the opening uh, montage? The aggressive lumberjack montage. <laughs> <laughs> See, my have literally nothing. An aggressive lumberjack montage for five minutes opens the spell. See, here's my whole thing about the movie. When I'm watching this, realizing that he's now at the island, world, you know, the third world country, wink, wink, nudge, mm-hmm. nudge, that his daughter is in, the whole point of him getting there is kind of stupid because he could have just hidden in the cargo bay of the plane, hopped out... Because it's a, a quote eleven hour flight, but clearly it's just down the street. And he could have just stayed on the plane and hidden on the plane, snuck off the plane, and then found the weapons at the castle and still done the same damn thing and saved <laughs> Radon Chong a whole lot of acting problems. And he's because oh, yeah. clearly, of course, the daughter is going to be there. Why would she not be there with the henchmen? Mm-hmm. I mean. Well, I got to know where my daughter is. No, I know where she's at. Well, see, the answer to that is it was the 80s. Well, I know yes. that. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I realized that when you start a movie with a montage, that's not a good sign. Yeah. It was a better montage than the second montage. Yes. <laughs> that's the problem. Yes. But I got to say. Did the movie open in California? Was that like Northern California? And then they went to Southern California? Did this movie happen in the day? Did somebody tell me? <laughs> I'm gonna okay, okay, okay. As as the big fan of the movie, because I'm a huge fan of this movie, and okay? as a resident of Southern, a former resident of Southern California, as I it, just went to Southern California just because it was the thing to do to get out of Northern California. Yeah, uh, as as and as a as a native of Southern California. Okay, first off, uh, a couple things. Saint, uh, San Nicolas Island is where they uh, is the island that he sh- that he flies to. So basically, they had their base in California. So it it, is, it wasn't in a third world country. It was in it was off the coast of California. Okay, a um, couple of uh, location things. Uh, Hearst Castle are the barracks where uh, he does the the initial shootout. Uh, the house that he storms at the end of the movie is the house of uh, classic uh, silent film actor Harold Lloyd. Oh, God. Um, I'm sure that the ghost of Harold Lloyd was not happy about what happened. I think, that's, I think, I, I think we just discovered the actual plot of Twice Dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> the car chase between Sully and John Matrix starts on Ventura Boulevard, uh, moves into the hills on Benedict Canyon. Uh, all this is like basically my old stomping grounds from when I was a kid. Uh, Sherman Oaks Galleria is the mall. Which that, was also like the same before. mall in Chopping Mall, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Valley Girl. I mean, ah, the, the, nice. quint, okay. the quintessential 80s mall was the Sherman Pretty Oaks much. Galleria. It really was. Uh, with the exception of Terminator 2, because that was the one in Santa Monica. Yeah. So, but, I have a mall question. Mall um, question. Yeah. So, they follow Sully to the mall. Was it Sully they followed to the mall? Sully, yes. yes. Okay, um, what was Sully doing? He's hungry. Like, he met a guy at the bar and said something about you're good with transmissions, and they got something that was never, ever referenced ever again. Unless I absolutely missed it. You know what? 
there's a lot of unanswered questions. It's like they they chopped out all the all the fat and left a very lean cut of beef. That, and that didn't make sense. Yeah, was, that, yeah. That, that, hap- that left. I don't this movie. Don't. I love this movie for the same reason I love all the Fast and Furious movies. As a matter of fact, I think I told Roy this was Fast and Furious 1984. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> it, <is. laughs> it makes no sense. It lives in a complete fantasy world where apparently every fist fight between dudes has to have dick play. Um, but, and, and, um, but you know what, though? Damn, if, it, if this movie ain't fun. Oh, it was a great movie. I loved it. I forgot how much I loved it. You know what I think was <laughs> in that briefcase that Sully had? What? Mike Wazowski. Oh, I was going to say Marcellus Wallace's soul. But yeah. yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like even in the movie when you know he killed when he when he killed Sully and Ray Dong Chong's like, where's Sully? I said, with Mike Wazowski. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love this movie. Okay, I, I absolutely love Let's it. talk Ray Dong Chong here because I... You're, okay, so I'm... I'm I'm hanging out with my kids, and then all of a sudden, I see like the the message storm from Roy and Andy while they're watching this damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Roy's description of Radon Chong, I, I actually had to stop what I was doing, laugh, and then go back to the thread because I was laughing so hard at what. Uh, what, how you described her? Go ahead and describe her for the audience. Roy, I, I said that Ray Dong Chong in this movie had the acting ability of an inconvenienced cat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we, and then, and then Rick and I agreed that she was still the best actor in the entire film. Oh God! Yes. The, the the moment in the movie when she gets kidnapped again in the car and she's bitching at Arnold Schwarzenegger and she suddenly just goes, this is not my day! Oh my god. I was, I lost it. I was like, acting! Yes! All right! <laughs> my favorite thing about this movie is that nothing means anything. Yeah. There is no... Th- Arnold Schwarzenegger is not, in this film, the Terminator. Right? No. He's not a superhero. Yet, he rips car doors clean up, rips car seats out of cars, Rips, rips the interior of an airplane out. Like, this is the shit that he's just doing. Yeah. As a human being. Just a guy. <laughs> as, with one arm, rips a hot pipe off of a wall and throws it into Freddie Mercury's yeah. chest. Through, through Freddie Mercury. Through him. And by the way, do we ever get an explanation of what his problem is? No. Like, right. Just a straight up, like, what is his problem besides being like, the villain from the movie Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just there's no there's we got we got nothing about the backstory. First of all, we never got any backstory about what exactly Schwarzenegger did for the government. We never he got, was a okay that I can explain. He's uh, he's retired Army Special Forces. Mm-hmm. Well, this was this was a period of time before this. Rambo kind of did it, and then. This is where this, the idea of special forces was really yeah. popular, and then and then the reason why Bennett is after is after John Matrix is because he was kicked off of Matrix's uh, squad 
for being too uh, for being too violent. Was this in the novel uh, adaptation? Like Star no, Wars they, is? They, they actually they actually talk about it very briefly where they're uh, where they're interrogating him and beating him up right before they tell him that you're going to go ahead and, and kill this person in this third world country for me. Wow, that was a fart in the dust explanation, and then because I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't set up how insane this man is. You know what I mean? Like, just what is happening with this guy? He kills off all of Matrix's unit uh, so that they don't, so he doesn't go to them for assistance. And then uh, they 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 keep Matrix alive and kidnap his daughter to to make him go to a third world country and assassinate this president who was just put in place by the U.S. government. Well, I get all that, right? But what I don't get is like why he's like. So hellbent on killing Matrix, like like in a way that isn't in a way that isn't like a professional thing. It goes right. so far like beyond even like even like a personal vendetta. It goes into like some kind of weird like like eighties villain Hannibal Lecter thing. You oh know? no, he is he is full on over the top in a way oh, that yeah. is ridiculous. You know how over the top he is, guys. He'll go to he'll go to what I imagine. I don't know which which airport did they go to to fly him out. You guys know. Uh, would have been LAX. Okay, so he goes to LAX and pulls up to passenger drop off wearing a chainmail vest. Yes. <laughs> well, he's got that chainmail vest. You know chainmail vest that's of the, the whole film. Andy, yeah. Andy, Andy, Andy. That's a Tuesday in LA. I mean, seriously. Yeah, that was a Tuesday in LA back in 1985. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, I, you know, there's, I don't know if y'all discussed this yet or not, but my favorite line in this entire movie comes from Miss Radon Chong. Uh-huh. This is some macho bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously <laughs> eat too much my, meat. Yeah. They, my yes. favorite line in this entire film is a throwaway line in the uh-huh. where um, the cops catch on to like what's going on because she rats him out to these like Radon Chong rats. Schwarzenegger after the cops. Yeah, because she thinks and there's a, a cop schizoid. that calls it in, and he's and he's looking at him, and he throws away. And I, I don't have my notes because they're on the computer. Oh my yes, I know where you're going. He's like, it's a it's a gigantic motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I got one line, and it's gonna stick forever. I'm gonna own it forever. Okay. My, my favorite line in the entire movie is the exchange between him and Ray Duke. Okay. Oh, about and, the green berets. Uh, and he's like, uh, "I'm at green berets. Like, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I am hungry." And that's when Ray <laughs> Dong Chong is like, "This is too much testosterone." <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Kellogg presents new green beret cereal, lime flavored milk. Mm. <laughs> okay, that hotel. Oh my god, that hotel screamed rates by the minute. Yeah. Okay, so that hotel is the Safari Inn in Burbank. And it just and, screams like and, STD. And it is used in every single movie in the 80s and 90s. In fact, it, it's it's best known uh, for the scene in True Romance where Patricia Arquette gets the snot beat out of her, and then she shoots James Gandolfini in the face. Okay. I don't think it'd be best known for this movie, where um, a guy gets thrown through an upside-down table, and then they check to see if he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) He has a table, like, sticking out of his chest. He's dead. Are you okay? 
Talk to me. Where is it? Talk to dead. me. Where is he? This part too. So, this movie is a chain of Arnold Schwarzenegger violently killing people with his bare hands, and then stealing their powers and going finding somebody else to kill and steal their powers. Let's this take his <laughs> let, let's take let's take his car. He won't be needing it. Like he he steals more cars than I've seen him steal uh, cars in any other movie. That's yeah. true. Okay, and we need to talk about Dan Hadea. Um, oh, see, okay. Like another one. Okay, so again, I'm playing with my kids, and um, and I see the, the the message thread pop up, and all of a sudden, Roy's Roy's uh, description is is Dan Hedaya playing brownface, and I was like, yeah. oh god, he is okay. because in high in high definition, you could totally tell that he's wearing brownish that like, like, pancake makeup. makeup. That yeah, is true. And I'm like, and oh my god, he's wearing brown face. This whole and movie is so, just a Seinfeld episode, by the way. And it's so poorly applied that you can tell, you can even see the sponge strokes. On yes, face. it didn't matter. It's, I mean, nobody was ever expecting 4K UHD to be in existence. <laughs> the definition wasn't the only thing that was high. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's like the minute I saw his face, I'm like, oh no, I, I Dan Hedaya is not that tan. Oh my god, honey, lay off the browser. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I I couldn't believe that. I was so shocked when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And then when I heard that fake, vague, some sort of Latin accent come out of his mouth, I'm it's like, a it's a Valverdean accent, yeah. which makes it hell of a good <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, no, he isn't. I'm like, oh Jesus. I was like, I was expecting to see Mickey Rooney come out in yellow face at that point. <laughs> that was <probably> horrible. <laughs> but okay, and and all right, I know that the reason why they cast Alyssa Milano in the role was because who's the boss was just getting started was huge. It was stunt yeah. casting. Honestly, they could have cast any girl in that role because all she did was cry in this movie. Cry and, <laughs> cry and bitch. That's all. She had two emotional ranges, bitching or crying. And I'm like, they, they anyone could have played this role. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, anybody could play the role. Yeah. I was just like, they made this big fuss about casting Alyssa Milano and she did more acting in Teen Steam than she did in this thing. <laughs> God, Teen Steam. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that 100%. But with all of that said, did I hate the movie? No. I had a blast with this thing. And the movie's fantastic. I just the, okay the shed part. I will I will have to say because I saw the director's cut version of this, and honestly, the difference between the director's cut and the regular version is like seconds, and it happens. Yes, it is. It happens at the shed. Uh, so when he goes on his full out assault with the saw blades and the machete and the everything, the scene that you don't see in the regular cut is him chopping the arm off of one of the soldiers with the machete. Correct. No, correct. no, that that isn't that that isn't a theatrical cut. Oh, so but do we see like the excessive blood shooting out of the arm? 
We don't yeah. see an excess. We see a little bit of blood shoot out of the arm, but we don't see an excess. Yeah, in, in the director's cut, you see it in excess, and I can see why it was cut. I don't think it was. I, I don't think it was cut to avoid an X rating. I think the reason why it was cut was because you could tell that it was a fake arm with a tube in like, the center of it squirting out fake blood. It is a very fast cut. Unless you're watching it in freeze frame, you're not going to catch that it is a tube of uh, that it is a tube uh, squirting blood in the theatrical cut. Yeah, in the in the in the director's cut, they linger on it for a long time, and you can clearly tell that's what it is. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm like, wow. So. I said, wow, I totally see the rubber hose in the middle of the fake arm. This <laughs> so, movie yeah. is like the perfect 80s action movie, though. Oh, like... See, and, and here's the thing with this movie is, it's like, like I said before, my cousin uh, from Mexico came to visit, and uh, he's been, you know, he he, is, he was not a sheltered kid, uh, so he was allowed to watch this movie at an early age, and he shows up and says to my mom, "Hey, have have, the, have we see, have you seen Commando yet?" And she's like, "No." He's like, "It's really good," and she rents it and doesn't get an opportunity to uh, to do her censoring thing that she was known for, and. Um, and like I said before, it was like a complete shock to the system of seeing something so so violent. He's shooting up all the flowers in the movie. And my mom, all my mom can say is, oh, the poor flowers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's, she's like, oh, the poor flowers. <laughs> the part that gets me is like, so Rambo comes out. And, yeah. you know, for as over the top as Rambo was, uh -huh. and it was pretty over the top. It was still pretty grounded. Yeah, as far as like what it was, mm. you know, I don't, I and they actually, I honestly don't think I've actually seen First Blood Part Two in its entirety. It, you gotta fix that. But I mean, it's grounded in the sense that the, the main protagonist is not invincible. Yeah, you know, there there are you know it's, there are a lot of like you know the the plot is not if not cogent coherent, and it, and it's like somebody saw that movie and were like. Yeah, uh, we want to make that movie, except not that movie. <laughs> we want to make an insane version of that movie. Well, it's like when, when yeah, because when Rambo gets injured, he gets injured, and you know, yeah, yeah. And, and it takes a while for him to be able to bounce back in the movie. In Commando, Matrix gets shot in the arm, but he still is able to kick major ass and have enough strength to rip a goddamn pipe that is hot from steam out of a wall and throw it so hard that it impales a person to a boiler shooting steam out, which, by the way, Chris, Chris was pissed off that it didn't go through the guy's head. Let off some steam, Bennett. He was just like, that well, should have went through his head. He's, like, he's taunting him. He's like, Bennett, I only have one arm. I feel like I'm out of it. And I'm like, since when do you only have one arm? <laughs> you... You slightly, you slightly favored the owl running with two M60 machine guns across the uh, courtyard, gunning down like 45 And, and the thing also is, it's like when he got shot in the arm, he's making this big fuss about getting shot in the arm. I'm just like, okay, well, bullet must have been. It just fucking grazed his bicep. And that's all it did. I was just like, oh, you oh, baby. Got shot. Like, you baby. <laughs> And then we have... I only have one arm, idiots. No, you don't. Since when? And, and then we have the awesomest, which is Robert Palmer and the Power Station giving yes. us 
the ultimate 80s closing credits song, which honestly uh, could yeah. have been perfect for a montage. It really could. When Chris heard, this, <laughs> Chris heard the song before we watched the movie, and he said, okay, let me guess, this isn't a montage. And I'm like, nope, this is the closing credits song. But God, it, it screams 80s action montage perfectly. <laughs> and they set it up for that sequel with that shit, with that shitty like down the barrel look. That uncle that I do that look down the barrel at the very end of the movie where the, the general's like, "I'm out." He's like, "I'm out." Did you the last time? And the general's like, "Till next time." And he turns around and like, "No." And he just looks like, hey, hey. and then the music starts. Like, <laughs> See when he, turned, when he when he turned around at the end of it, that was like similar to the scene from Clue. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yes. leads me to this next thing. I prefer the porn version called Going Commando. There's no daughter in it. There's no daughter, but a lot of shooting. <laughs> and knowing what happened to Ray Dong Chong's career, I wouldn't be surprised if she was in the porn version also. True. Well, you know. But, <laughs> God. I mean, if, I, I would say to our listeners out there, if you've never seen this movie, or if you haven't seen this movie in You have years, good taste. <laughs> <laughs> you need to experience this movie to believe it, because this it really is truly, no exaggeration, the birth of the Schwarzenegger cliche. It really is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's I, the even, perfect eighties action movie. That's, yeah, that's all there is. I mean, even down to the fact that we get the, that we get his first. Uh, I'll be back since the Terminator. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, I mean, as bad as the movie is with the last action hero, the last action hero is a parody of what was set up in Commando. Oh God, yeah. Uh, which which upsets me the most about the last action hero because the last action hero could have been such a better movie than what it was because of the fact oh, that sure. it, it was Schwarzenegger making fun of the persona that he created with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, true. But yeah, if you want to see where all of the jokes and all of the cliches for Arnold Schwarzenegger comes from, this is the film to watch because yeah, it's the, for it's sure. all yeah. it's all born here. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, I may uh, soon regret this decision. Mm-hmm. But, but will you though? Will you though? But uh, before we get to the film that I allowed Rick to choose for Andy and I to watch for our next uh, episode, um, I do want to plug because this is the first time I've been able to actually plug it on a non-Patreon episode. Uh, Cult Cinema Catacombs now has a Patreon page. Uh, and it is just starts as a little as $3 a month, and we've got all sorts of fun stuff that is set up on there. We just recently had actually a drawing where uh, one of our listeners who set up for the Patreon won the vinyl soundtrack to Jacob's Ladder. Uh, we have uh, – Andy and I attempted to do a video episode, and we're going to do another one coming up very soon. Um, yep. Where we're just going to uh, rip the website goop.com to shreds. Um, got a couple of other um, exclusive episodes. Like I, I taped one with Cindy Kennard from um, from uh, Creepy Kitsch, where we discussed the relic. And uh, we also have uh, other episodes like that. I'm going to have more guest stars coming up. Chris is going to also be critiquing recipes by Sandra Lee. 
Um, oh, nice. Yes. So he'll be. <laughs> so it, being the being the self-professed foodie, he's going to be critiquing those. Uh, but you can find us at patreon.com slash so I watched this. Um, and the links are always being constantly posted on our Facebook and also our Twitter. Uh, but yeah, come join in the fun. Like I said, it starts as, as little as $3 a month and it gets you a lot of exclusive things. Now, again, as I said, Rick chose the movie for uh, Andy and I to watch. Um, the rules that we gave him is nothing related to cars. And yes, he, and thank he, God for that. <laughs> and he can't do Hudson Hawk because that's going to be a special episode that Andy and I are going to be doing for Patreon exclusives. Uh, so, Rick, what movie did you choose for us? Okay, so here's the deal. I was originally going to go with something from the 90s. So I was going to go with Hudson Hawk because, you know, fuck you, Roy. Um, <laughs> so, but then you said, oh, well, we're going to do a, we're going to do a special Patreon exclusive episode where we talk about Hudson Hawk. So, you know what? Fuck you, Roy. Um, <laughs> so. Stole that like, thunder okay, so, from you. So then I was like, okay, so then let's do something for the 90s. So then I thought Rocketeer. That's too obvious, you know, that, 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 that would have been great, but it would have been too obvious. Mm -hmm. um, then I thought The Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland and Chris O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. No, I decided against that as well because, again, too obvious. Then, because of the quarantine, I've been watching a lot of movies with my kids. Uh -huh. And um, this one just kind of fell in my lap because, um, like, we, I found out that the the, the three movies that they did and translated it to, into English oh, dear. Uh, and then re and then released on the Disney Channel uh, are all on Amazon Prime. So I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. So I showed them to my kids. And one in particular, I did a little bit of research on it, and it's a full-on cult classic. Oh, dear. So uh, it's by a, uh, a group called Gosini and Uderzo. Oh, God. Uh, you know what? Well, I, I, I went there once and I had some really good quesadillas. It is Yeah, I, a, I, got, I got the clap. It's a couple <laughs> it's a couple of uh, it's a couple of Belgian uh, comic strip writers. Oh god. They created a character known as Asterix. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Um so I was looking at I was doing some research on it and I you know, I watched it again with the kids and I love this movie. I've seen it over a hundred times. The Twelve Tasks of Asterix. I have movie. seen this one, yes. And this I is, have as well, yeah. Yes, this is a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right, I so, approve. So, and you yeah, said, the, you the, said the, this the, is on Amazon Prime? This is free on Amazon Prime. Wow. Okay. Like they have, right. like, good, good choice, man. They have this one. They have Asterix and Cleopatra and Asterix the Gaul. All of them on Amazon Prime for free. They also have the... Asterix and the Vikings from 2003 with uh, Paul Giamatti as the voice of Asterix. Wow. Okay. Not a, the animation's impressive. The voice acting is not. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. So, but um, but yeah, as a huge fan of, of, of this character and a huge fan of the of the characters in general, uh, I even used to own a uh, choose your own adventure type book in entirely in Spanish from. Uh, like actual like Spain uh, of the uh, of the characters, and I'm a huge huge fan of the of the series. So, okay. so yeah. 
So, and good. I'm glad, I'm glad there's one that you guys are familiar with. Thank yes. goodness. It's been years so. since I've seen this, but I remember <laughs> watching it on the Disney Channel and, and, like, and loving it as a kid. So it will actually be interesting to revisit this one. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm not dropping one on you guys where it's like, oh, what the fuck is that? So. Okay, believe, <laughs> believe me. When it comes to animated movies, nothing can right now, at least. Uh, I'm not saying absolutely yeah, ever will. Try it, dude. But I will, I, I, I will say right now... Nothing will be at, at this point in time will be able to hint the benchmark of crap that is dot in the kangaroo when it comes to animated oh, movies. God. Dude, God, even stop. I, stop even talking I've seen, seen dot in the kangaroo and it was crap. Yeah, that was that, that 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 there's a reason why we had a hard time deciding between that one and the terror of Tiny Town for the worst film we've seen so far. <laughs> so <laughs> So, oh, my lordy. Yeah, thank you for being kind. Because it oh, no, a lot of different ways. You are most welcome. Yeah, no. Oh, I God. Every that. time I mention Dot and the Kangaroo, Chris plays Dawkin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah. yeah. he, he has, by the way, have made it his mission to look for a kangaroo and build a bear workshop and name it Dawkin. Yes, do it. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> uh, eh, anyway, thank you so much for being a part of our show here, Rick. Is there anything that you would like yeah. to uh, pimp out to our listeners for them to check yes, out? Yes, I do. Roy and I are, are, and Roy Danae and I are coming back with our uh, our podcast, Rediscovering the Magic. Uh, very Stop big. it! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be me. So, so anyway, very very soon we're we're coming back with that very very soon. Also, I'm I'm on a new podcast with uh, with Del Pullen of the Delaware Show and a whole bunch of other like a veritable plethora of other uh, shows that he is he's doing. But then he went ahead and like out of the blue messaged me and he was like, "Hey, have you been watching Ducktales?" I'm like, "Yes." Have you read the the, the Uncle Scrooge comics? No. You might want to get on that because you're going to be on my new podcast. Oh, so like, you didn't get a choice. You were basically told, you're doing this. Yeah, basically, he didn't give me a choice. So uh, we're doing a podcast called Into the Duckverse, where we where we focus on all things duck. So like Donald, the, uh, the, the Scrooge comics, uh, Uncle Scrooge in general. Uh, we're going to talk about the video games, Donald in tractions, everything duck-related. Uh, we're going to be talking about it. Nice. So... So it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, get to play on get to play in a podcast with uh, with Dell. So yeah, nice. So that, that, that's all I've got. <laughs> all right. So um, our next ep- our next full episode will be the twelve tasks of Asterix. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, we already right now have the uh, the video episode up where Andy and I are trying to experiment with doing a video episode. And there's also uh, Cindy and I talking about um, the, the the relic uh, coming up very soon, probably within a week or two, will be the episode where I watch Hudson Hawk for the very first time yep. in my life, uh, which apparently I, a lot I, of the, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on it. Apparently, that's the Me one either. that the Patreon subscribers are looking forward to the most. I found out is my response to <laughs> Hudson Hawk. Yep, all two of them. Hey, <laughs> because it is it is such a, it is such an underappreciated movie, and mm-hmm. it was it was one that uh, I was excited for 
through this uh, promotion through Nintendo Power of all things. Oh, jeez. And, um, like, that's where I first found out about it. It was in and out of theaters so fast, I didn't even get a chance to see it in the theaters. Wow. I, I ended up going to uh, the warehouse. Remember the warehouse? Yes, I um, remember the warehouse. I ended up going to the warehouse and buying the movie used so I could see the damn movie. Wow. Because it wasn't even available for rent at my local uh, video store. So I had to track that sucker down. And when I finally saw it and when I and when I finally watched it, I absolutely fell in love with that damn movie. Nice. It's a great movie. It is it a really great is. movie. So and and Roy's been resisting it for years and years and years. I'm like, how have you not seen the Hudson? I hate Bruce Willis. No, 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 no. No, it's not a matter that I hate Bruce Willis. I just yeah, the film had no interest for me whatsoever, and it never this has. Is, this is one of his best movies. Yeah, I agree with that. I stand by that. So this is seriously one of his best damn movies. All like right. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Andy and I didn't didn't cover this one in our uh, mini series of Watch It. My God. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, but yeah. So yeah. So you're, you're, Hopefully you'll enjoy it because you're in for a treat. You really are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so if you want to hear my reaction to that, sign up for the Patreon. Um, you'll also get to hear, uh, probably not until next month, uh, Andy and I are going to be watching one of the new So Bad It's Good movies that is existence out there, The Velocipastor. Um, <laughs> yep. Which I've just heard nothing yes, but oh, oh my God stuff about it. And we've also got another drawing coming up next month. Uh, we're going to be giving away a vinyl copy of the soundtrack to The Color Out of Space, uh, which it can, was... I, can, I be, can I become a Patreon subscriber? <laughs> Hell, I'm a Patreon subscriber already. I know. Which God, it, 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 I want to win these prizes. It's, <laughs> it's a hell of a score. It's a, it, it really is. And if you've not seen The Color Out of Space yet, you absolutely must. It is... An amazing movie. I mean, not. I mean, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage is over the top in this, but the over the topness is warranted because of what's going on in the movie. And plus, you know, you got him ranting about alpacas in this movie. Oh yeah, he's been starting this movie going off about alpacas, <laughs> which is which is great alone as it is. But at the same time, the movie is genuinely terrifying. It really is. Yes, I, I I actually you could ask Chris how loud I screamed at the jump cat scare in the movie because I'm like oh shit they reinvented the cat scare for this film and I was not ready for it at all and I when it comes to adapting the the story the original story that this came from they did a really good job with it and I can't wait to see where the uh, the, the the Lovecraft universe that they're creating for this is going so especially since the next one is the Dunwich horror so. Nice. All righty, gang. Well, thank you again so much, again, Rick, for being with us on this episode. And I'm glad that my we got pleasure, to, man. I'm glad we got to revisit um, Commando there because that was a lot of fun. So right on. Uh, this and, might be and, this might be up there with me now with Kiss when it comes to movies that we've watched on this show. So <laughs> yeah. So am I on the next one? Is is, is it the deal? Um. Uh, well, it, I mean, if you want to, you can. I mean, it, it, it depends on how you, how Shit, you want to do it. Any, any excuse to talk about uh, asterisks and obelisks? Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. I'm in. 
Um, and I need to find out another film to go with, uh, to go along with that as well because it's been such a while. I've got to figure out, you know, what can I torture with Andy with because we've had two. This is a palate cleanser, and Asterix is a palate cleanser. So we need to do something else now. <laughs> when do I need to torture you again? Because I've got a good. <laughs> I got a real good one. I, I don't know. I don't know because Bad Ben was not a torturous movie to me. I had oh, a blast. I, love Bad ben. I loved Bad Ben. That's the point. Is I can make a torturous movie good. Like, I, can do, <laughs> I had a fucking. I had a fucking blast with Bad Ben. So I love Bad Ben. Even Chris liked Bad Ben. So. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, go fuck yourself, Beans. God damn it. God damn it! Stop that! God damn it! All right, gang. We will talk to you all later on the next episode, and take it easy. Bye.